Welcome to episode 201 of the Active Photographer podcast, your behind-the-scenes glimpse into the day-to-day life of a working professional photographer, with me, Giles Babbage. This past week had the potential to be a long, drawn-out, incredibly frustrating affair. Having not felt well at all, the temptation was there to resign myself to the inevitable. But, rather than letting things grind to a halt, I turned things around and have had an amazingly productive time. I've got loads done, made real progress, and as a result, I have a number of thoughts and suggestions to share with you. Starting with an exhibition of images dating back to the early 1900s. So welcome, one and all, to The Active Photographer, episode 201. Okay, so <clears throat> I am sat in my office, and as I record this, it is oh just after ten past four in the afternoon, and it's a Friday afternoon. Now <clears throat> you may be able to tell from my voice that I have a bit of a uh, croaky throat and what have you. This week has been <coughs> excuse me coughing. This week has been what should have been. I think, a really rubbish week. <laughs> it should have been one where, uh, hopefully I wouldn't have got too frustrated, but there would have been frustrations there through not being able to get on with things, because I felt really, really groggy. Now, if you listen to last week's show, you'll know that um, I was recently sort of knee-deep or deeper in a river, uh, taking pictures. Uh, before that, I was... Um, down by the water, down by the the uh, the shoreline, and and all this sort of thing. Since then, I've been up to London, um, and I've been rushing around and all this sort of thing. So it's probably no uh, no surprise really that I've had this sort of bug or or whatever's been going around. So, like I say, I was expecting this week to be really quite um, disappointing. However, you have to keep on going, you know. Uh, I work for myself. No one's going to do it for me. Um, and this has been a bit of a stonker of a week, <laughs> really. It has been really quite productive. Now, excuse me one second. <coughs> I do apologise for the coughing. Now, what I have had to do is kind of wind things in a bit and just make sure I don't overdo it and just, you know, the start of the week I was feeling really quite bad. Um, but now, I'm feeling a lot better because I haven't overdone it. What I have done, instead of being outdoors, trying to do too much photography and uh, all this sort of thing, is just think, right, I'm going to have a a slightly quieter week. Um, Because, of course, a lot of what I do is um, ideas driven. Uh, A lot of the time I'm putting ideas in front of people and then they come to fruition and what have you. And so this has been one of those weeks where... I've concentrated on ideas. And this is the point. Now, what I want to do is just tell you about a visit I made to London when I had a bit of time to take in an exhibition or two. Now, a lot of you will have heard me talking about my uh, my love of the history of photography, uh, the history of adventure. Now, I'm not one of these people that 
yearns to go and climb Everest or, or climb big mountains and go on big expeditions, I can fully appreciate what people go through and the commitment they make to do that. And I can certainly appreciate the photographers and filmmakers that put themselves in those positions to document those uh, those events. But, like I say, I just don't have the desire to put myself through uh, what you have to do to, to want to get to the top of Everest. But, and this is the first point, going back in time, there was, of course, the likes of Ernest Shackleton, who did his big expeditions to um, take on the Antarctic and, and what have you. And one of my favourite places to visit, to find out more about adventure and exploration and all this sort of thing, is in London, and that is the Royal Geographical Society, or to give it its full name currently, the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. And at this moment, up until the 28th of February, so uh, just about a week or so to go, they have an exhibition called Enduring Eye, the Antarctic Legacy of Sir Ernest Shackleton and Frank Hurley. Now, Frank Hurley was the official photographer and filmmaker of... Bear with me, I'm just going to get the official book here. I'm going to give you the official kind of blurb that's on the back of the book here. Um, the official photographer and cinematographer on the Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition 1914 to 1917. Now, the RGS has this um, uh, this exhibition that marks the centenary of the expedition. And, of course, I wanted to go and take it in. I love the RGS. I, uh, have, you maybe have heard me talk about the uh, the ex exhibition that marked the... Um, the Everest, 1953, you know, the um, that expedition and, and what have you. Very, very fascinating. Um, I have in front of me here uh, a number of books and notepads and what have you. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to start off talking about this Enduring Eye ex exhibition. So I'm getting confused with expedition and exhibition <laughs> when I'm trying to separate what I'm trying to say. Um, let's keep it about photography of course, and please bear in mind as I talk through this, remember the nature of the active photographer. It's all about behind the scenes of what I do and the fact that this for me is research. Okay, now one of the things that I have been doing today, I've I've just completed sending off uh, five uh, ideas for, for features to a magazine and one of those discusses in a roundabout way the idea of uh, research and ideas and all this sort of thing. Um, and so for me, exhibitions and the books that come out of those uh, exhibitions are, uh, are valid research. Now this book, The Enduring Eyes, is the, 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 show, uh, the, the book of the exhibition. It's only £9.99. I don't know what currently that is in the States. I guess for you guys it would be... Um, what would that be, about $13, $14, something like that? Um, I don't know. But it is packed full, uh, and it is 144 pages, including acknowledgements at the back, 144 pages of these amazing pictures that 
Hurley recorded of the expedition. Now, of course, this was the the expedition where uh, the endurance, the, the the ship that they are on, got stuck in the ice, and they basically had to decant all of their kit and camp out on on the ice. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Even by today's standard, you know, to, in today's world, we have all this wonderful technology and. Uh, back up and and the clothing and everything that these guys they just didn't have i mean they had the technology that is of of the day but it was just an incredible feat now the photography in itself is you know it's of course it's black and white it goes without saying but we're talking about glass plate negatives that were uh, created there by Hurley. He also processed those negatives out there in those awful, awful conditions. Uh, I forget what he was saying. There's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it now, but I believe there's a picture. I mean, there are pictures of him uh, with his with his camera and, and and what have you. There was a. Now let me see. Uh, Shackleton's cabin on the Endurance. There was a picture. And I bet I'm not going to be able to find it. In the exhibition... Ah, ah, ha, ha. Hang on a second, sorry. Let me see. Is that the one? No, it's not. There was a picture. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find a picture whilst I'm talking. There was a picture which showed where Hurley actually processed the plates and, and, and what have you. Now, what is incredible about this collection of images, not only the feats of you know, working through everything that they face, producing those photographs, but also the fact that so many of these glass plate negatives survive. Now, for one reason or another, what, what Hurley had to do at one point was actually destroy um, a load of these, what are now <laughs> so important uh, negatives, these glass plates, but he was able to keep a lot of them which survive as a as a record i just find it absolutely fascinating to to think about you know the the photography first and foremost the the conditions that they went through but also the the fact that this these images are a a document now think about the active photographer the active photographer is documenting behind the scenes of what I do. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to put myself on the same level as the likes of Frank Hurley that endured so much. But the fact that I'm constantly reminded in what I do and in in taking in the work um, of others... I'm sorry, I've just glanced at the front cover here. Currently, USA $17.99 for the, the book of the show. Sorry, um, I am constantly reminded of the power of photography to record, to document, to save for future generations what would otherwise be lost. And of course, this generation now has uh, has been referred to as the, the lost generation because so many people, you know, we take pictures on our phones we take pictures on our iPads and our digital cameras. And we put them on our computer. Sometimes we don't. 
And of course, when we forget or don't bother to back up and then something stupid happens, like you drop your phone down the toilet or <laughs> you drop it in a river or it gets rained on. Um, and then all those images, those videos, those memories are lost. We all were up in arms about it. You know, back in the days of negatives and printing, of course, you'd have the negatives. The pictures would have been printed. We would put them in albums. And so we'd have that book of images. And that was your, that was your two, essentially, that was your backup system. You had the original, original negatives, which could be printed and reprinted and reprinted and cropped and, and different versions there of those same Im images. But then every time you printed those negatives to get a positive print, right there was your backup. You know, and, and these books, they are ongoing uh, backups of those images. I find it fascinating. Now, for those of you that are really interested in... um adventure and photography and all that sort of thing. I want to give you two references because uh, I know a lot of you are interest, interested in this sort of thing. Um, uh, two, possibly three references. Let me just grab another book from my shelf here. Okay, I'm going to make this very quick because I don't want to get too waylaid <clears throat> on just making this kind of a, a book club type thing. So <clears throat> the first book, as we're talking about, about Shackleton, uh, I've got a book here. It's fairly old now. It is. Let me just have a look. It's from two thousand and one, so you know, it's, it's a few years old. <coughs> but I'm sure you can still get it. It's not, as far as I'm aware. No, it's not a book from the RGS. It, it's published by Ted Smart, I think, is the publishers. Uh, South with endurance. Shackleton's Antarctic Expedition, 1914-17, to 17, the photographs of Frank Hurley. But below there, from the archives of the Royal Geographical Society London, the State Library of New South Wales, Sydney, and the Scott Polar Research Institute, Cambridge. If you are at all interested in the, <clears throat> the uh, Endurance Antarctic Expedition, Frank Hurley, any of that stuff... I would encourage you to see if you can get a copy of this book. It was £35 new. Uh, I don't know what its availability is. You could go to abebooks.com, abebooks.com. Um, really good place to, to search out second-hand books. <clears throat> but <coughs> there are just all these pictures in here that show everything from uh, some of Hurley's cameras, the, the negatives... Obviously, the, the final images, there are pictures of the crew, the dogs, the, the working conditions, what they had to do, the, the pack ice. And just very quickly, if you like the Everest story, um, there was the exhibition at the uh, Royal Geographical Society. The official book that comes from uh, all of that sort of thing is called Everest. Really plain and simple. I don't know if there's a subtitle... Uh, no, it's a Ammonite Press Royal Geographical Society book. This was, of course, in uh, 2013, because it was marking the anniversary there from 1953 to 2013. Really, really good. And one final thing. 
not so much uh not so much packed full of pictures it's a uh, the size of a novel a book that i really enjoyed is called everest 1953 the epic story of the first ascent now one of the things that i mentioned in uh one of the ideas that i pitched to a magazine was uh how research basically um research enables us to create better pictures um to, to, yeah if you're talking about going outdoors to take pictures yes you can just go for a stroll along a footpath but if you look at an ordnance survey map ahead of time or books um guidebooks for the area it stands to reason that you're going to have a much better um understanding of the area you can start to plan see where the sun is going to rise and set you can look at the weather forecast to see about what the weather's going to be like and how that affects your <clears throat> your planned photographs and all this sort of thing so everest 1953 was fascinating um i'll give you a quick um blurb from the back here <clears throat> um revealing it says here um uh, okay so we all know about the achievements and and of the first ascent and all this sort of thing but it says revealing that what's gone down in history as a supremely well-planned expedition was actually beset by crisis and controversy everest 1953 recounts a bygone age of self-sacrifice and heroism using letters and personal diaries to reveal the immense stress and heartache the climbers often hid from their fellow team members. Now, you know, if if I'm going off taking pictures and I'm, say, doing a wild camp and stuff happens along the way, whatever happens is going to affect my photography. You can't be t totally objective. You're always going to be affected. And I just find it interesting to, to think about the accounts of, you know, expeditions and in in all expeditions you see the photography and the videos that come out of it how they're printed how they're uh displayed presented obviously on online these days and the videos that come out of it you know i find it very interesting to 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 think about rather than just taking a single image in a, a scene how you, you start to create a narration of, of that and, and what have you all very interesting stuff so there we go that is just um a number of books there i've got i won't give you all the details but i've got a book here which i've been really going through um with a fine tooth comb in a way and it was published in 19 hang on 1966 i think it was uh, yeah i think it was 1966 and it is basically a book to do with um the area that i live in uh the history of it the, the villages the people all that sort of thing um you know out of print now and it is it does sound quite dated <laughs> when you when you uh read about them talking about how oh yes all these houses will soon all have electricity and and heating and all this sort of thing you know even in 1966 you don't realize you know how times have moved on but i like i say this week has been one of those where I knew that my health wasn't on, you know, I wasn't really on top of it. But I have now reached the end of the week having thought about the exhibition that I saw, uh, thought about some of the books that I read, some of the, the pictures that I've seen. I've got in front of me <clears throat> uh, my notebook. 
which kind of goes everywhere with me. It's got sections in there where I, I make notes about articles that I want to bring you guys, uh, behind the scenes videos, um, ideas for features that I'm going to pitch um, at magazines. Also works the other way. If if people come to me and say, have you got an idea for something or um, could you take on this idea or what have you, it, you know, it keeps the ideas rolling. Um, but it's just so important that, you know, as photographers or photographers and writers, we don't spend every single day taking pictures or most of us don't. If we do, we end up then having to either take time out to just do all the processing of, of our images or we go off and do the shoot and we end up st staying in a hotel um, doing processing images or on, on location or when we're back at base, we sit there into the early hours or through the night processing. I've done all of that and it, it's not that glamorous. It really isn't. And you've heard me talk about this in the past. Um, <coughs> You know, this this has just kind of, this sort of thing is what keeps us going. You have to have the ideas. Um, you have to be pushing it. I mean, I'm, there are so many people that could explain to you, perhaps better than I can, about what it is to, a lot of you guys will have heard the expression hustle. You know, just keep on pushing. Now, I've read a lot recently about, you know, pushing and, and hustling and and all this sort of thing and do you know what there's a there's a quote on the front uh, on the front of my notebook here that says the best way to predict sorry the best way to predict your future is to create it and that is you know absolutely spot on it's got that quote comes from a guy called peter f drucker um and it is absolutely true as i said right at the start no one's going to create the work for me i work for myself you know it's all about pushing forward so you know i i have turned what could have been a really rubbish week <coughs> excuse me into something very productive hopefully as a as a byproduct of that through the podcast here i've maybe inspired you if you've been having a bit of a quieter week um you know there's been twitter there's been all that sort of thing um you know all of this sort of thing, it just keeps things ticking along. And my trouble is, I mean, I'm I'm sat here and I've got uh, this this notebook is what is it? Uh, A5. Um, let's open it up. So yeah, it's, it's just about A5. I have got from the start of the week. This is one, two, three, four maybe more four at least four or more pages i've got other notes dotted about that need to be transferred four pages of a just a constant stream of ideas which have come from having seen other people's photography their videos uh taking in exhibitions all that sort of thing reading these books magazines i've got by my side here for example got a bunch of magazines i've always got magazines on the go i've got country walking magazine national geographic trail camping and caravanning magazine um i've got books from bygone eras that are well out of print now for local history or um local roots and all that sort of thing very exciting 
But do you know what? One of the, <coughs> for all of that, <coughs> and talking about confidence and, and striving to push things along, one of the things that really stood out for me was another exhibition that I took in, in London. Uh, it was, um, let me just double check, got my browser open here. I already told you that the, um, the RGS exhibition, if you are in London, finishes Sunday 28th of February. And it's free to get in, by the way. Um, the other exhibition that I took in whilst I was out there was of a, a pioneer of photography. You've heard me talk about her in the past, Julia Margaret Cameron. And this ex exhibition ends on the 21st of February, which means, uh, let's have a look here. As I record this, I'm afraid you will have missed it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It was, it was really good. Her stuff is all out there. Um, there are books, there are online resources. You will have heard me talk about, um, my trip to Dimbola Lodge on the Isle of Wight. Um, Dimbola Lodge was the home of Julia Margaret Cameron. She was a pioneer photographer. She had some, you know, a load of, uh, her personal friends were likes of Darwin and Tennyson and all this sort of thing. Anyway, there was this exhibition at the V&A, the Victoria and Albert Museum, <coughs> which, <coughs> excuse me, which had over a hundred of her photographs, which came from the museum's collection. She was around, she was born, 19, uh, sorry, 1815. She died 1879. Um, but the thing that really stuck with me, and this, this is something to bear in mind, if you are an aspiring photographer, you're trying to get yourself noticed, you're trying to make an impact, think about, you know, the stuff that I present online, how I go about things, you know, it's all about creating that coverage, being seen, uh, your profile, all this thing. We all share this and it's something that people even back in the 1800s shared. This thing that stuck in my mind was when Julia Margaret Cameron was trying to get exhibited. She wanted people, she wanted this gallery to be taking on her pictures. And I'm paraphrasing here. She basically said, my stuff is brilliant. You need to exhibit this. And then when uh, nothing really came of that, she went back to them and said, look, I really do think you're missing out here. My stuff is brilliant. Now she had her critics at the time, people were saying that her pictures were soft. They, uh, one of them said that whilst the, um, what was it? Whilst the, the ideas behind the pictures and the, the content, the ideas there were, um, were, were good, were solid. She was basically letting down the art of photography. <laughs> now, you know, this sort of thing has been going on there for, for years. There have always been critics, even before photography. Um, but it is just the, given this week and how I had to restructure things and think, okay, how do I make the most of a week where I'm just not feeling brilliant? The fact that, you know, she was saying, just keeping on at it, you need to see my stuff. You need to take notice of me. Now, I'll be totally honest. I've admired her work. She's not my favorite photographer from the past, but I've admired her work for some time and reading 
the like the original letters she wrote i say reading the letters her handwriting was was difficult to read but the the little um information uh plaque next to the display reading that i kind of thought do you know what you're a little bit i don't know pick pick your word here uh overconfident obnoxious up your own you know you get the you get the message it's it's so i'm you know the way i look at the pictures now has been affected i still like it but it's like do you know what the one thing you know one of the things that i really dislike and i you know is summed up by i've had this conversation with a lot of people it is for example it's not for me to say that i am an expert or god forbid a guru okay and there are people out there that do this in photography in um coaching in um in all manner of uh, avenues it's not to say that they're not very very good and, and top of their craft but i think personally that it's not for individuals to label themselves expert that's for other people to say oh you know speak to this guy he's an expert in this field those people are just very good at what they do they perhaps are therefore seen as being an authority on whatever topic um but then when i you know when i read these letters where people are saying my stuff's brilliant you need to see this yes be confident but it's kind of left a slightly sour taste in the mouth <laughs> i'm afraid um but that said it's really well worth taking in her work so bringing it right down to the present right to this point i've got here <clears throat> got my notebook uh, i've got a post-it note always got post-it notes um and i have set myself three things to do to round off my week which like i say has panned out really quite nicely on the work front i wanted to get these pictures uh, these feature ideas sent over to this one particular magazine having had um a conversation with them at uh, an event uh recently just following up on our conversation i wanted to get the podcast sorted out and that's obviously what i'm doing now i also have a test review um or two that i want to put together i'm not sure whether i'm going to have the time given that it's now getting on a bit i'm not sure i'm going to have the time to do that today but i will carry on into saturday and do that that those are the three main things that i wanted to do and around that i also have planned to do some scheduling for some shoots uh, getting out there um thinking about the the images that i'm going to be shooting and and all this sort of thing um <clears throat> i have a number of features which are uh they have their deadlines in about a week's time and i need to just go through make sure i've got the images um do um maybe take a couple of extra pictures just to support them um so you know it's it's one of those weeks which as a photographer you know i could have gone out there carried on taking pictures but it's been pretty cold and wet and windy and you know that's fine i've got all the kit that keeps me warm and dry and all the rest of it 
but I just thought there are other ways to be productive. And last week, of course, you heard me talking about being on location shooting. This week's show is just about the other side of things where, you know, I'm making the most of my time uh, setting up opportunities, thinking ahead, which can, carries me through the next days, weeks, months, what have you. Um, so, you know, for those of you that are hoping for an on-location recording this week, I'm sorry, but you do know that it's a balance and I and most of what I do is the on-location stuff. Um, but from time to time, I throw these in here because I want you guys to benefit from, hopefully, my enthusiasm. Um, but I also want you to appreciate you know, a lot of you want to be photographers full time or or maybe just increase on to a part time basis i want you to realize that it's not all about photography day in day out taking pictures for some guys it is um but you know the the way i approach it the way that my <clears throat> business and career um path is i i have a lot of different things going on because I'm a writer as well. So I think that just about wraps it up. If you have any questions about anything that I've spoken about today, whether it's about adventure, photography, the history of photography, documenting um, what you do, getting started as a photographer, generating ideas, always being on top of it, even when you're feeling like um, less than 100% shall we say I was, <laughs> I was always almost going to say something I shouldn't have done there um, anything like that if you've got any questions of course do let me know but for now I will leave it there time permitting I'll be following up this episode with a written post on the website in due course you can check out all the show notes to this and other week's shows at theactivephotographer.com. If you'd like to get in touch directly, don't forget I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Giles Babbage. There's the Facebook page, facebook.com slash theactivephotographer. Or, of course, send me a good old-fashioned email, giles at theactivephotographer.com. So thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, have a great week, and I will speak to you all very soon.